0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to the I Kept Quiet podcast. This is a safe place for trauma survivors. Um, Asking what have you kept quiet about? Um, I want to see you free enough to overpower that silence, no matter how long you've been quiet about whatever you've been quiet about, whether it's 10 years, 5 years, 20 years, a couple of months, or just a couple of years, it doesn't matter. So I want to see you be free enough to overpower that silence um this is your trigger warning trigger warning for trauma is what we're going to be talking about today um but this is your trigger warning for us for sexual assault for domestic abuse for domestic violence and for anything that might have traumatized you so first we'll start off with a little bit of a check-in um i hope you're well i hope you're good i hope you're blessed I hope you understand that you are loved and you are um, made in the fullness of God. Whatever religion you come from, understand that you're made in the fullness of God, and you're supposed to walk in the fullness of what, what God sees in you. God loves you, He adores you. Forgive me, but I'm on a little bit of a spiritual tip. I got baptized yesterday, and I feel amazing. Um, yesterday it was my second. It was actually my second baptism. So I've been. Ba- I was baptized when I was about fifteen years old. No six. Yeah, I gave my life to Christ at 15. I believe I was baptised at 16. Um, Yeah, because it was January... I believe it was January 2005 that I was baptised, but I'd given my life to Jesus the year before um, when I was attending this, like... um, this pop up church in, in Clapham Common. where I used to live in South London, so that's when I d- did my first ever altar call and um, walked down the altar. At this at this big like praise concert slash um like preaching. It was like pop up, so it wasn't my it wasn't my regular church. Even though I, I did go to church since I was since I was a child, really, but it wasn't my regular church. But um, yeah, so I was baptized first when I was about sixteen, and then kind of like I don't I don't want to say I didn't understand what I was doing when I did it because I really did I I think I really did did believe that I gave my life to Christ and I was walking I was walking with God I understood that God loved me and he forgave me and he was going to give me the power to be able to forgive um what had happened to me as well because up to that time I'd already been sexually assaulted as a kid um by my big brother so I was I I stepped into that understanding that, you know, I was going to get the power to be able to forgive and let go and release what happened. Obviously I didn't really have a good understanding of what I was really asking for when I was talking about forgiveness and releasing and letting go. So I kind of just thought, you know, this is going to help me like essentially I just pushed it to the back of my head as well. So I moved on, went through life, but obviously as a young adult, as young teen, life happens, temptation happens um i don't think i was really strong enough to deal with everything everything that kind of came at me so a lot came at me and um yeah i kind of eventually i stopped seeing myself the way i did see myself when i was a kid i stopped stop seeing myself the way that i did when i first gave my life to god and um and i really just yeah just sank in dysfunction just got into some really bad stuff and um in into, into some really, no, i wouldn't say really bad people but just allowed people that were dysfunctional as well to let me into that dysfunctional world and then i just f- flew with it like it wasn't even that i was being influenced it was just that's how i kind of saw myself i guess i'll talk about it a little bit in another episode so that we don't fill up too much but yeah i got baptized yesterday um that was after like Walking away from the church, I I I actually really did walk away. Not just from the church, I walked away from the faith. I walked away from being a Christian. I really just did not believe in in God. I didn't believe in Christ anymore. I actually like if somebody had asked me like, what do I think of like, do you think Jesus really died? I remember there was there was a point where I was like, yeah, no, I don't really believe that he died. You know, like like he not that he died. I don't really believe that he rose again. You know, I think I kind of feel like that was like his zealots and his religious like followers or whatever that just made up like, this story about him being risen because they were so scared but yeah no i really really did walk away like as far as somebody could walk away possibly like when i wrote like if i i was saying to one of my um one of my friends my church friend yesterday actually the girl that actually brought me into brought me into this current church that i'm with that i'm with i was saying to her that you know when you fill out like like forms and stuff and questionnaires and they ask you like what religion are you i would literally I would literally click no religion. And this is somebody who had already been baptised. I would literally click no religion or atheist or... And then I became, like, gnostic, like, believing that there was a God, but not believing in any kind of religion or faith or whatever. But um, praise to God, like, when I finally kind of... And it usually is, like, when when your life just goes to absolute madness, absolute lowness, like, I was in such a, such a low place and all the things that I used to use to kind of help me get happy, or all the people that I used to go to, they were still there, and those things were still around, like, but it just, I could not find myself, I could not find my way out, like, at all, I couldn't find any kind of just love in myself, I couldn't find any kind of hope in myself, so I remember, like, in, like, a dark, dark place, just kind of, like, asking for God, like, Are you there? Like can you help me? Like, I'm sorry, like for turning away from you. I just I need you to come back and you to be back in my life. And really just feeling like as soon as I really did pray those prayers, like I started to feel the presence of God again, as if like God had just been waiting for me to just, you know, turn back to him. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a quick fix, it wasn't easy, it wasn't just a quick turnaround, but really this past I think these past three yeah, past three, four years since I... I think it's been about four years since I really did pray that prayer to say, like, God, I need i need you to help me save my soul because my soul is is lost, it's broken, it's gone, like... And I really do think for the past four years, like, God has really taken me through the tumble dryer and the releasing of all these kind of things. And some things have had to come up, like... I talked about um, stalking last week. Certain things had to happen for me to be able to realise that I was still holding other like, issues and angers and resentments and and just pain, like, certain pain that I was holding, like, that I was ignoring. There were certain things that had to happen for me to... for the pains to actually come to the surface, for me to be able to deal with them, like, properly so that I can really bury them, like, once and for all. So, yeah, yesterday... Yesterday with my baptism, uh, I felt... I just I just felt so good. Like, I still feel so good. Like, I... I think it was weird, like the comparison between my first baptism and yesterday's baptism. Like, I, I remember going down into the water when I was 16. Up to today, I actually remember going down into the water, going down and coming back up. Yesterday, I, it was a weird, like, blackout. Gen- like, a weird, genuine blackout. Like, I felt my, when my, I put my hands, my, you know, hands over my face to cover my, my, my nose and my hand over my left hand over my heart went down into the water, but just, like i don't know just black out just black out for like a good couple of seconds just black out and i just i really do feel like yeah yeah just i came up new and that was just that's that's my high that's my good check in for this week i just i i would recommend it to anybody like if you are a born again christian if you have given your life to christ if you are trying even if it doesn't matter where you are in your in your in your walk with christ and if you really do know that you know I'm trying this thing, I'm I'm determined for this thing, like and you haven't been baptized, I would definitely recommend you being baptized. Like it just it it's 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 a principle step, it is a step that we have to take, but it's more than that. It is really, really there's so much spirituality in it, like there's so much there's so much that you can't explain that happens when you get baptized, but it's something that you will definitely experience. So yeah that's that that's my check-in for this week i have been baptized and i feel like a newborn baby like squeaky squeaky clean like i can um, i can literally smell the baby powder off my aura like it i just feel like amazing like i'm floating right now <laughs> and um oh god forgive me because I, w- I don't want to drop but yeah i'm just i'm floating i just loving god right now and just yeah just absolutely but um moving on from that um, we're going to talk about trauma today, like we're actually gonna break down um what trauma is and so that we can have a better understanding because as I said this is a this is a safe place for trauma survivors and we're here to we are here um to talk about trauma to understand trauma but first we have to understand what trauma actually is so if, I will be reading from a little bit of notes today, and also um, I have a handbook from a course I did um, called "Own My Life" course. So it's got a lot of information, a lot of really good information. Um, if anybody ever heard of the "Own My Life" course, or note like if you have like a women's center around you, um, it's a very good, very good course to go on to kind of understand um, as far as the as far as what trauma is but not just what trauma is it's mainly based around domestic abuse and domestic violence domestic like abusive relationships and stuff um I really had to go on the, these kind of courses to actually understand that I had experienced domestic abuse I like if you'd have asked me five years ago I would have told you I'd never ever never in my life have ever experienced domestic abuse because no, no man had ever put hands on me So I actually only understood domestic abuse as domestic violence. And there's so much to domestic abuse than just somebody just putting hands on you. And that is horrific. Like, it's like, I remember I did this course, uh, I did this course over Zoom during the lockdown. And um, there was a part when we were literally talking about the, the domestic violence part of domestic abuse. And I just, my heart really, really goes out to anybody who's ever lived in that kind of fear of, Physical attack in their own space where they should feel comfortable. Like I remember literally just having a meltdown about it. Like, and I remember calling one of my one of my friends who who is a domestic violence survivor and just I just I I'm, I just said I'm so sorry. Like I, that when like other women that were in the course explained what they'd been through, I can't I can't understand like living with that kind of like fear of you know of pain. I really I really. I I I just my heart really goes out to really 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 goes out to anybody who's ever survived that because you are you are a strong strong person but also to anybody that survived domestic abuse because it just domestic abuse in, in as a whole completely messes with your with your brain chemistry completely messes with just who you are and how you see yourself because you're walking on eggshells um, around this other person because. You don't know what it is that you could say at this point to set them off, but really and truly, it's nothing that you're saying. It's nothing that you're doing. It's the person just needing to completely exact control over you and who you are. So, that's how I kind of got into this course, and this course really, really did just just open my eyes as to as to what abuse as to what abuse really was. So, as I said, we're going to be talking about trauma today. So, um, what is trauma? Um, Trauma is the name given to incidents that negatively impact our brain, physically affecting us in the present. So trauma might include medical interventions, um, being subject to abuse, as I said, uh, the death of somebody close, um, a close one, uh, grief is a big trauma, Um, witnessing a serious accident like a a terrorist event, like a murder... And, and a mug, even a mugging, like watching a mugging or anything like that um or being in a car crash as well is also a trauma so so understanding that trauma is not just a physical feeling but um Understand that trauma is not just a feeling, but it's a physical reality. It's it's an important step to taking back that ownership of our body. Because trauma is not just, it's not just a memory that we have. It's not just a feeling. It's not it is actually a physical reality. Your body is actually going through that. Um, as as you're remember as you're remembering what happened, your body is actually going through that. And sometimes even if you're not remembering, like they say that trauma is stored in your body as well as in your mind. So if you you can be can push something into the back of your head, you can pretend it's not it's not there, but it physically you're still feeling it. Like I um the the experience that the I had an unwanted sexual experience um last year in twenty twenty. For the like for the good first couple of months after it happened I pushed it completely to the back of my head. Like I completely forgot it even happened like in in any sense. But at the same time I was like my body was still really my body became really, really nervous before I even came to the front of my mind again. It was I was really nervous and shaky around people like one i didn't really want to sit in my house um I, I would sit outside my house or i'd go for walks which is which is what most people are doing like going for walks and stuff because when we everything was closed and nobody would ever to really go into some of people's houses or go see anybody so i would just go for endless walks around the block like i'd sit in the park and read a book or do some coloring and like from the outside in somebody might think oh yeah she's just doing what everybody else is doing but for me I just I could not sit in my house where another sexual assault had happened uh, where I'd been sexually violated again like for months for it took me it took me a good couple months to realize I was only sleeping on one side of my bed like if I, there was a time when I woke up on the wrong side of my bed and I had a meltdown because in my sleep, I'd rolled over to the wrong to the side of my bed that I did not want to sleep on. So, that, so even though I wasn't directly thinking about the trauma that had happened, my body was still reacting and responding in certain ways. So as far as trauma responses, we all know about the classic fight or flight response to trauma. Like most people will attach their personality to either to either trauma responses. So you might believe that when you're faced with trauma, you're responding one of these two actions, either you're gonna fight your way out of of what's happening, or you're gonna run away. And traditionally, especially in this culture that we live in, we give more credit to the fighter than we do to the fleer. Like the fighter is the one that does something about the trauma that they're experiencing. They, they They might reach out to somebody, they might call the police, they might fight, literally fight in that situation. So last week I spoke about the experience of sexual violation by a stalker, the guy that was coming to my house and believing that I wasn't, str- I wasn't as strong as my other neighbour who was younger than me but she had, like, because from the moment that it happened and the moment that she felt unsafe and she called somebody, like she immediately called somebody to make sure, like, come here, come check because something's going on outside, I don't know what's happening and da-da-da. And but I, on the other hand, sat down and kept quiet and sat in my dysfunction, like, about, and just just sat down and just a bit quiet, cause, and I thought, like, I was wrong to think that way, but that was just my trauma response. Like, I don't even remember the person that she even called came to knock on my door, like, immediately after, knowing that I was going through the same thing, and asked me, is everything okay? And I was like, everything's fine everything's fine even though I was literally shaking in my boots like that particular day I hadn't seen the person but I was literally had been shaking in my boots thinking that the person was coming coming in and when somebody came to ask me are you okay is everything fine I said everything is absolutely fine <laughs> like I have nothing to talk about I have nothing to say everything is fine and that was that was my trauma response I, w- I would run and I was I would hide about what was happening. So, um, Next, let's talk a little bit about the actual human brain like the cranium the brain this this thing that we have that has that holds all our that holds all our responses so if you understand your brain if you touch your brain at the front of your brain let's say around the forehead so we're talking about the prefrontal lobe so the, the that's the upper brain um, that's the most advanced bit of the brain. So that that bit, that brain, that bit of the brain um, is responsible for language, imagination, reasoning, and our rational thinking. Now, the middle part of our brain, if you touch like your crown and go a little bit further down, that's um, that's called the limbic system. Now, the limbic system deals with emotions, memories, habits, and our basic decisions. Now, if we're talking about the back, like the little squidgy part of our brain, yeah. Right there in that scoochy, like you know, that depth de- one, like just below that, um, just below the dip. Like, I've a really bad like, dip dip. Like, I'm one of those people that probably should never shave their hair, and I really wanted to. I've always wanted to have like a shave cut, but yeah, I have like a weird dip. So, <laughs> <laughs> underneath that dip that we're talking about, that's the lower brain, that's the least developed part of the brain, and we'll call that the brain stem. It deals with trauma responses and. And all the times that we go into into autopilot now, um, when we come across a threat, like if there was a lion right in front of you, the upper part of the brain does not work fast enough to make sure that we don't get eaten, like the lower part of the brain will act will act to protect us before we even have time to think about what's happening, so it will choose one of the act- five um, trauma responses, so as I said, five trauma responses so let's stop there for two seconds so as i said we use we always go for we always think that there's two fight or flight when in fact there are actually five trauma responses that we choose from so the five trauma responses are as we said um fight or flight we have friend flop or freeze so the, the, so the lower part of your brain will choose out one of these five trauma responses And we'll do. um, And while our while our upper brain is still trying to figure out what's happening, whether it's real, whether it's a real lion, whether it's a stuffed toy, um, the 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 back part, the the lower part of our brain has has already chosen one of these five responses to choose from. Now. It's the same reason why if we're scared of spiders, we might panic and when we're in the kitchen you see a little stem or whatever or something that you think is a spider or even like if you're like, if you like me you've got braids on at, at the moment, we've got like lovely long braids. So something might t- one of the braids might touch the back of your, your 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 neck or somewhere and you just kinda jump thinking that something's touched you. But because your top of, your front part of your brain hasn't figured it out yet, your but the back part of your brain has already chosen the response to choose from. To, of one of the responses of these five to choose from so even if you don't realize what it is yet you're or you've already reacted so once our lower brain has responded to the trauma and um, the trauma can get stuck in that lower part of the brain and this is what's caused this is what's known as post-traumatic stress disorder or ptsd for short like so when the when trauma is stuck in the lower part of our brain our brain doesn't know that that the trauma is it is a memory instead it tries to continue to fight the trauma leaving us feeling dis- dis- disassociated numb and spaced out so any of our senses can trigger us to suddenly become more aware of the stuck trauma for example watching a program um a particular voice or a sound Trying to talk about the trauma, being touched in certain ways, a smell or a particular odour that brings us back to that, that, that immediate time, um, especially, especially a sense of smell because it's directly linked to our lower brain. We may have flashbacks or nightmares or be hypervigilant or hypersensitive and even block out the memory of the trauma altogether, as I said. After I, experienced, after I had that, uh, that not unwanted sexual experience, I completely blocked out because I didn't know... I couldn't know how to, how to process it, how to function it. I absolutely just blocked it out, tried my best to just not remember. And eventually, I, can't, I really did. So the important thing to understand about these responses is that they're normal reactions to an abnormal situation. Trauma is not normal. For my experience, it's not, it was not normal for somebody that I completely trusted... In in all ways to let into my house and let into my space, it was not normal for that person to just decide that Maya. Today, I'm having sex with you. Whether we we've never had sex before, we've never had a sexual ex- relationship before, we've never been in a sexual in like situation before, we've never flirted, we've never like our friendship is completely platonic, but today I've decided that we're having sex. That's completely abnormal. That was traumatic for me, and so my response is. We're, were normal responses to an abnormal situation and it's there's no, it's nothing that is wrong there's not there's nothing that is wrong there's nothing wrong with us but what has been done to us is what's wrong now this is why some people some people object to calling these responses a disorder like post-traumatic stress disorder a lot of people just do not they, they object to being called a, a disorder because we're not disordered it's our body trying to do its best to manage a trauma of what happened to us, because what happened to us is can be called the disorder. Like that's not normal. What happened to you? It's not normal to be sexually assaulted. It's not normal um, to to even to be in a car crash. It's, it, yes, it's accepted, but it's it's not it's not it's not your normal. It's not your normal life. It's not what you expected to happen that day. You had no you had no intention of being in a car crash. Like you don't leave your house, put your kick key, your keys in the car, and say, "Yeah, to, today I might crash my car. no." That's not something that you expected so it's absolutely outside of your your normality and so to unstick from the trauma and move and move it from the lower brain to the upper part of the brain research has found that we need to be relaxed while recording the trauma and this is difficult because recording the trauma is often re-traumatizes us so once a successful method for moving the trauma from the right from the from the right part of the brain is called the rewiring technique. It needs to be done by a trained by a trained therapist getting us into a relaxed state. The therapist will help will help us to imagine to imagine ourselves coming out of our body, sitting in front of with television, and watching ourselves watch the trauma on TV. This means that we 're twice removed from the trauma, enabling us to to stay physically relaxed after imagining ourselves watching watching the trauma on the TV. We then watch it and rewind, and fast forward and fast rewind. Then we visualise and throwing the tape away. And a therapist generally brings us out of that relaxed state. This process can move the trauma from the upper part of the brain, where it can be dealt with, and move to the middle part of the brain, where it stores memories. These can, they may still be an issue, but usually become manageable. And this is a hope that we can feel better. Now, this is not something that I'm asking you to do on your own. As I said, this happens with a trained therapist, so please don't go off and sit with with sage or in th- whatever and decide to start to relive your trauma I really really really, really do recommend counseling for trauma survivors, so I'm just going to take this bit to tell you how much I recommend counseling for trauma survivors. You need to be in a safe space in a safe place with somebody that i really i think for me i did i did face to face counseling um I, I can't believe i can't remember what it was called i believe it was self something um counseling so it was i didn't really get, i didn't get any advice from my therapist my ther- my counselor didn't tell me oh I, I i think that you should do this or when you go out today do this or when you go when you, when you meet next to this person do this no no it was all about me just talking about what was in my head and letting let letting those feelings out being able to process that information that was in my head, but just having somebody there to just say, what I'm hearing from what you're saying is this, is that right? Or what I'm hearing from what you're saying is that, is that right? I found, yeah, person-centred counselling, I find that very, very helpful. Like, I'm still still on the waiting list for more counselling, and hopefully I should be able to, I should be starting some telephone counselling tomorrow, actually. So if you are a trauma survivor, I would heavily, 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 Advocate for counselling, and that is as a Christian. Because one thing that I feel like doesn't help um, when you're in religious circles is people telling you that you don't need counselling; you just need to pray. Like, you do need counselling. If you're trauma survivor, whatever religion you are, whether you're a Christian, Muslim, does Buddhist, it doesn't matter. You do need to go and see a trained therapist. If you have experience and the abnormal experience of trauma, trauma is abnormal. It's not normal. It's not something that we should go through it's in culture, especially as like I'm from African culture. So it's it's like, oh, life is a, like I grew up with understanding that life is a fight and you're going to experience these bad things. And, and you are. But that's not normal. It's not normal to accept those things into yourself. It's not normal to accept those things as part of your story. And if you do feel like these things are bothering you, if you feel like this is something that is making you hypersensitive, hyper-aware, just you don't feel comfortable in your body, I really, really, really highly recommend going to see a therapist, going to seek out a counsellor, speaking to somebody about what happened, whether it's starting small and talking to a friend and, and whatever, just generally just don't keep quiet about what's happening. And prayer does work. Prayer does save from everything, but at the same time, if you're not if if you're ignoring something and you're praying on something, like I really do feel like God's gonna be like, Why aren't you talking to me about that? Like, why aren't you dealing with that? And sometimes you will then you will go to talk to God about it, and guess what? God will tell you to go see a therapist and you're ignoring it. <laughs> so and that I feel like that's what happened with me. So moving on from that. Um so as I said, trauma is the name given to in to Incidents that negatively impact our brain. It physically affects us in the present. Um, but it physically affects us in the present. So understanding that trauma is a physical reality rather than a feeling is an important step to taking back our ownership of our body. It, it, enables, us, it enables us to know that we are not imagining our symptoms. And it gives us, the name, it gives us a name for the ways that our body feels out, outside of our control, enabling us to seek help.